0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Listen to the Isles Beat podcast with your hosts, B.D. Gelloff and John Jordan, before it's too late. And you're uh, listening to Isles Beat. This is B.D. John Jordan is on. We're we're on tonight. And if anybody has followed along on Twitter, I'm a little incensed. Uh, John is uh, walking in blind. He has not seen the article. So I will read it to him in a moment. Oh,
0: man, you've got me uh, beyond intrigued now and a little offended because as you
1: can clearly see on our dashboard, uh,
0: the name is pronounced Fart McGart,
1: sir. (laughs) It it was a nice name. I appreciated it.
0: Well, my uh, my ploy of uh, using a pseudonym, at least in our virtual studio, has finally, finally met been met with some success. So I'm I feel like that's a positive after a a week or two of some some crazy shit on my end. But, hey, that's not what the people want to hear about.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, we're going to talk about the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, obviously the Islanders had a win last night. And, we'll, you know, we'll get all to that. But, um, John, I was finally driven to drink.
0: Well right that to me that's that's a good sign. I think this thing could use a little livening up and uh some <laughs> actu- maybe some actual slurs later on in the broadcast as opposed to what I encouraged the people to do a while back and and uh, slow it down to half speed for what sounds like really drunk. <laughs> Where we sound but, drunk. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. maybe maybe later on at about the fifty five minute mark you uh, you actually will. But I think that's a good thing. Little drink never hurt anybody.
1: Well, during the summer there was some opportunity. I've done a couple of shows with smoking a cigar and having a beer. Um, but uh, you know, during the, the doldrums of winter, it's not exactly uh cigar and cocktails outside weather. So um but uh I I came back from the dentist and uh and um, saw an article on uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, by uh, Jeremy Fuchs, who I've uh, actually uh, spoken to and uh, and kind of gave him an overview of uh, Barclays early on in the season when he was doing a previous story to give him the kind of a lay of the land. And I know that he was going to try to get an interview with uh, Your Mark. And uh, can you see where this is going? And finally has an interview with Your Mark that uh, went today. And there's a specific question. Jeremy asks, of course, and it's the the question that we've all asked. So he goes, I have to ask you about the obstructed view seats. There's been a lot of criticism. How much have you heard from fans, and is there any movement to change it? And we have Brett, our resident douche nozzle, and his answer. Our seating capacity is 15,700. Within that capacity, there's a lot of great seats. Do we have some obstructed seats? Yes, we do. Are fans aware of those obstructed seats before they purchase them? Yes, they are. There's really nothing we're going to do from a capital improvement standpoint. You can watch the game on your mobile device. The game is on the scoreboard. There are many ways to view the game if you're in one of those obstructed seats. We aren't going to be able to change the seats in the building. That is what it is but there are certainly other ways we can enhance the experience i leave it to you. well
0: well i uh, i would like to know what other ways there are to enhance that experience do these obstruction the obstructed seats come with a companion uh to sit in one's lap or something of that nature or uh are they i i i are they massage chairs i'm not uh, i'm not
1: understanding here uh, maybe some yeah i i don't know i i'm not uh had enough bourbon to get to to be rude and wonder if uh someone's getting a handy but um the oh. the issue is basically and the answer from many of the fans when i put it out is and and uh, also robert brodsky from over from newsday well i guess they can also just sit at home and watch the game on tv it is another stupefying answer from somebody who's supposed to be the spokesman of Barclays who is not in tune with the customer in any way, shape, or form. Find it astounding, especially after a half a season of missteps and miscues, that there is still an arrogance and stupefying attitude that does not show any remorse or culpability or anything, even a note of fucking apology, nothing, and it annoys me to no end.
0: Right, like that is the reality. There are obstructed seats. Okay, maybe maybe there is nothing you can do about that or whatever. But has this guy not taken any sort of public speaking class? Uh, you, again, no hint of an apology there. It's it's smug and it comes across as arrogant. And, and you know, fans can watch on their mobile device. Are you serious? Like I want to pay whatever I need to pay to sit in a seat where I can't see half the game, but I'm encouraged. Open openly to view the game on my mobile device? No, thank you. I mean, wow. I can view the game on my mobile device from anywhere. You want me in your building or you don't? Because the one thing I think that can drive a fan of any team of any sport away, essentially for good, is to tell them that, yeah, well, you know what? You could always just watch the game at home. Essentially saying, we don't need you here. Well, guess what? You do need them there. You need all of them there or a large majority of them there. For very many reasons as we all know. Um yeah, that's uh that kinda irks me. I I, I I darted to the link right when you started and you dropped this little surprise on me and uh <laughs> read that answer as you were kinda going over it and uh as if my my uh skin wasn't crawling already today. Um
1: was your spidey kinda... senses tickling?
0: <laughs> <laughs> something something like that. Maybe I'm sitting in one of those massage chairs, but uh yeah, I I don't know what to make of that, man. I'm sure that's not the last we'll hear of this.
1: You know, and I have to say, though it'll be taken out of context and somebody will say take it, uh, you know, as some sort of banner back to NASA. We are we islander fans are not the only one with a learning curve and perhaps a little bit irked at Barclays. I'm starting to hear that it's coming from the Islanders themselves. Part of it is just dealing as a tenant. Uh, Islanders are a tenant this season. We already had indications of this with the, with the fiasco with the food for the press. Um, Charles wasn't happy with Barkley's prices. And, um, and I do think that there's a little bit of a little bit of them getting a little bit irked and God knows what other, Things and items that, you know, they have to deal with on a daily basis. But let me tell you, I'm starting to hear that we're not the only ones just a little bit put off. And though that doesn't really have any bearing there, they're they're the landlord. That's the agreement. And there is guaranteed money coming in. So don't take it as a banner of NASA because those new owners will not go to NASA. I don't want to have to go through it all over again. Um, it's just not, you know, in the cards. There is a learning curve for all parties. But what is missing is a conciliatory manner and flexibility from Barclays that is basically shooting off their own foot time and time again. You can have the issues at first back in, you know, well, God, in September and October. The, you know, we had a couple of these come up and we've discussed it uh, a couple of times. But the fact is, it's, it's February. If he doesn't say anything that's productive, he should probably just shut his mouth. And because it, 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 this kind of stuff is just going to echo in Long Island fans who are not happy and just will use it as a reason not to go to the games. And it's their money. The Islanders get paid no matter what. Barclays is shooting off their own foot.
0: You know, it's going to end up perpetuating a lot of what we've been working hard to kind of get away from, which is one thing, the question, you know, oh, it's only, a, you know, is it just only a matter of time before they return, you know, uh, uh, return east? And I think we've, you know, we've addressed that from every possible angle. But I think that something like this is going to continue to play grow off. and get people to, yep. yeah, yeah, and get people it'll, to continue to ask that. But it'll, uh,
1: it, it will play to anybody's narratives or what they want in their heart, and I understand that you know, NASA exactly. and the, the gaping hole, you know, I, I get it, especially when I'm worked about this, you know, who wants to fucking deal with this as, as a fan, we're already going through adjustments at least under, you know, at least say something a little bit more productive, you know, maybe if there are empty seats below, we will do our best to accommodate. I
0: something, mean, right.
1: I, I'm an art guy. Even I fucking know to say that. Why doesn't why doesn't your mark? I'm the art guy. I know to say that in a business because I'm a fucking professional. Why doesn't he know that? And why doesn't uh, he say it? it? It it astounds me.
0: We may not all like it, and I can be one of those people. But there's a certain way to talk and in, in front of a certain audience, uh, and you have to be five steps ahead of, of the questions that are being asked. Sometimes, do we have any sort of idea? Uh, as far as the amount of obstructed seats go,
1: um, I think the fans do. I think it's like oh shit.
0: I'm sure they'll let um, us know.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, is it a hundred?
0: Is it a thousand? Is it? No,
1: it's it's in the thousands. There's okay. a. a well,
0: that...
1: There is a uh, you know, and it's sparklies. It's it's it. This is something where look. Barclays is really making their money on the, on the, you know, the corporate seats and the luxury box seatings. That's where they're and, and, and how they, they go about that. But, you know, this is what you call extra. You knew coming in with this obstructed seats, that there's going to be some issues. So you need to come up with ways to make it that somebody's going to, at least a percentage are going to pay it, you know, make it that they can watch the games in other places, you know, When you go to to the city field, you can sit in your seat, or you can go to where the food is in the back and then watch the game from there from picnic tables. Yep. And there's a lack of philosophy and accommodation and creative ideas. And it comes from the top, because Normark is the guy that should be fielding that. He's the guy that should be coming up with solutions. He should be the guy who has different consultants come in with creative ideas on how they could make more money. And once again, this is not the islanders' problem. Barclays signed this deal. They're going to give the islanders, you know, what uh, but it basically amounts to almost 52 million each year in guaranteed revenue. So, it's up to Barclays here to, you know, bridge that gap. But they're not helping themselves at all this season. They're just digging a deeper hole of making a schism between the Long Island fan who's not happy, going through adjustment, learning curve, and the Barclays, who's obviously has their own items of changing of ownership and whatever else, but who seems to have no other plan or ideas and certainly makes very poorly worded and... uh and thought out statements.
0: Yeah, it, you know, but he he can't be a complete dingleberry, right? He's, he's had a certain measure of success to this point uh, prior to this year. So it, does he have a logic that we're not embracing that may or may not be correct, but does he have some sort of angle to where he truly believes that we don't need to care about that particular fan, the traditional Long Island fan, or the guy that buys the obstructed seats, because eventually with this masterful marketing that he seems to have in mind, we're going to draw directly from Brooklyn and the surrounding areas. And that's going to be just fine for us for, for the foreseeable future. Is that, is that a possibility?
1: Cause I don't yes. see that. I've I, actually talked about that back when we were talking about it last time when we were, uh, you know, capitulating on, uh, a mark statement and an issue, you know, with fans, Um, there seems to be an internal, you know, they were surprised that so many Long Island fans came over. So there seems to be a belief internally that they are going to bridge that gap and making headway in, and it's true. Look, Brooklyn is now the most expensive place to live in in all of New York City. And just think about that statement. You know, I went to college there. When I left college, um, and I went to art school, the artists that were just leaving college were just thinking about going to Williamsburg, which at the time wasn't such a nice place to be. And you can get an idea of how, you know, those who bought in uh, are doing well now. Brooklyn has changed dramatically. And there is a lot of money there. There's a lot of money in corporations. There's a lot of money in affluent um upper middle class i i mean upper middle class because it's a very expensive place to live now and the businesses and those that they work for there so there is a lot of money so there might be a philosophy that in the next five to ten years that they're just going to chip away at that uh and that growth and uh you know dig out their own audience, uh, old Islander fans be damned. And I think that it has been the philosophy and it still Mm. seems to be because there is nothing of any kind of bridge of a gap or any type of wording that gives me an, any thought otherwise. So, you know, there is money there. They, they, you know, there, there is some sort of financial plan, and it's really not as as somebody who, as we you know talk about the Islanders. It's not their issue. The Islanders will derive their money from the guaranteed money from Barclays paying them each year, and they will get their p- cut of the NHL money and um, merchandising and uh, all that other stuff. So you know their their cable deal and and whatnot. So the Islanders have their cut of the pie. So this is all Barclays' issue. The problem is, is that as a Long Island fan and that our audience are mostly Long Island fans, I feel the pain when um, when we get to a point where it's just a, a, such a level of obtuse and and just arrogance that it gives you an idea that they just don't give a shit. And that's that's kind of what
0: I'm, uh, again, I just read this and heard it from you, but that's kind of what the take I have on it immediately. I'll, I'll digest it a little bit more and see if that evolves a little bit, but you know, we really do want to talk about hockey. We swear, folks, like <laughs> the, the actual game on the ice. But, you know, I think I think when you, when you have a takeaway like I have and like probably many other people, yourself included, from this quote alone, from something like this, and you're looking every night. Now, I've had a lot of distractions lately, major distractions that haven't allowed me to pay as much attention to the on-ice product as I've wanted to in the last couple of weeks. But last night, I set some time aside. I, I saw the All-Star game this week, and I set some time aside to really focus in on that game. And you want to know what my first my first impression was last night? I know it's early. I know it's still halfway through the first year away from Uniondale. But I, I, I look at that rink in that building, and I see Brooklyn... Uh, On the ice. And, you know, let's not even get into the black uniforms right now. We can (laughs) touch on that later. But it's just it's so damn weird right now. We're so it's so raw. We're so new in this period of adjustment that just, you know, you know that eventually you're going to get used to that sort of thing. But when you see stuff like this on the outskirts of that, it doesn't do anything to even allow you any sort of suspension of disbelief or any sort of patience of your own to say, you know, at some point this will become natural. It's weird as shit still right now. And then you read something like that and you go, you know what? This is, this is crazy. I gotta, how am I ever going to get down with this? Now, I don't matter. I truly don't matter. I'm the guy that lives in Florida. They can look at that from a business perspective and realize, you know what? That guy, he doesn't matter. But I think I speak for a lot of people that do. And, and saying that the timing of this couldn't be worse.
1: Yeah, you know, and and, it, and he talks for you know earlier in the in the interview about you know uh, just to quote other things from there that um, that he you know mark also says you got to make Barclays a center of des- uh, at a destination. Um, it takes time. We've only been at this thing four or five months. The more talk value we can create about what it's like to experience hockey live, the more people are going to gravitate to it. The onus is on us. We have to make sure it's a first-class experience, which we're working on, the game experience we're investing in. Just make it exciting and different and engaging. It's going to be a gradual process, but I'm convinced, based on what I'm seeing, when you get someone out there for the first time, that they really, really enjoy it. So... You know, you know you, what though? I mean,
0: for, first class experience is what I honed into there. It has to be a first class experience for everyone in the building. And the guy that gets the obstructed seat, whether he knew it or not, you just told him to watch it on his fucking mobile phone, that's not a first class experience at all in any way, shape, or form. And he's not coming back, most likely, I would I would imagine. But maybe the obstructed seats you can get around, but when the message is also hey, you can watch it on the mobile phone, you can watch it on the big screen, you know, kiss my ass. I'll watch it at home. I mean a lot of people prefer <laughs> that these days anyway. Um, depending on what your what your seat is is and obviously you like to be within the atmosphere but depending on where your seat is and what your sight lines are sometimes you're in a much better spot sitting on your happy little ass at home watching on your big beautiful big screen TV. You know, and I always naturally want to equate things to Tampa, and oftentimes I'm very critical of this organization. But, you know, if Brett Yormark was smart, he might consult some people from the current regime of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who in their initial days upon taking over ownership realized that it wasn't just the on-ice product. Their mantra was to create a first-class organization from top to bottom. And they've invested millions and millions of dollars in the arena itself and making it a true experience. And you can sit in any seat in that place and have a wonderful time, but you can also get up and walk around and take in, much like City Field, the different um, eateries that they've that they've installed in there, the different breweries that they have in there, the different entertainment venues, and they've made it wide open so that you can virtually walk around the concourse and see the game from anywhere you are. So you have options there. There's not an obstructed seat in the house, but if there were, you'd have options there, and one of them wouldn't be to go watch the damn game on your
1: mobile phone. Well, and, and, and to tell you the truth, the thing about Tampa, which is fantastic, um and in my head, as you're saying this, uh, I think to myself, "But Tampa was built for hockey."
0: True, true. But you can't that, you can't have such a closed-minded uh, um, look on things, and as to say, "There's nothing we can do about it." You know what? In this day and age, maybe there's nothing you can do about it right now. But but bottom line, period, end of story. There's nothing we can do about it. I don't believe is ever an answer anymore. And if there is now, nothing you can do about it, you don't say it. You figure out a way around that, just like you mm-hmm. said. There's a better way to deliver that message if that is a hard truth. And I don't want to uh, accept in year one that there's nothing you
1: can do about anything that's taking place right now. Now, what should have been said is, unfortunately, we can't do anything about it right now. We will look at options and try to make it a better experience. You know, and you can even just leave it at that. The the fact that, you know, you know, it is what it is, is especially and might basically say continue to be so is really not smart at all. Even if it ends up that way, you don't know what you don't know. Bring in experts and bring in ideas and then do the numbers to see if it is worthwhile. That's what you do when you run something. Um, so to me, you know, it, I'm just slapping my forehead, like how stupid is this statement and how stupid it is to say it that way, because what consultants have been c- called in? I am sure that nobody has been called in yet. And you know, I'm sure what, that options, be what thoughts, I'm sure that be what creative hundreds. ideas?
0: I'm sure that there'd be hundreds if not thousands come from them lining up to take that bid, to make a bid on that particular project, even if just to deliver ideas. I mean, to say right now, it's like stepping in on the first day of the, of the season for any team in any sport and saying, you know what, uh, we're a terrible team, but it is what it is. We have no other options. Uh, there's nothing we can do. This is just how it's going to be. How do you think that year is going to go? You know, <laughs> that's the... They're in game one of a very long season, hopefully, if this is going to work out. And you can't come out and say that. Nobody wants to hear that, even if it's not the truth. You know, what do you hear? What's the lip service you hear from people all the time? And I'm not saying lie to me, I'm just saying be open minded. Tell me that you're going to do everything you, you have in your power to make things at least a little bit better. better. And then if nothing else, when people see that you're bringing in consulting firms, that you're, that you're open to creative ideas, that you have uh, a, a, a nexus of thinkers trying to think outside the box and come up with some sort of alternative to whatever the, the situation is at, at hand at the time, then people know that at least you gave an effort. And at some point down the road, after a lot of time and effort, if you then say, you know, we tried everything. This, unfortunately, right now, this is the only thing that we can do. People can't take a hardline stance and say, oh, well, fuck you. You tried. And maybe you'll try again. But just to say
1: it is what it is, there's nothing we can do about it. That's bullshit. Yeah, and, and it's like the worst thing to say. It's like you can't come up with something worse to say. And it's just opening up another um, can of worms unnecessarily. And and denigrates previous things that he answered in that same interview because he said yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, even the, uh, again, the the first class
0: comment. You can't tell me you're set out to be first class anything and then five seconds later tell me except for that guy who unfortunately bought the obstructed seat and now has no option but to watch it on his phone. That's crazy.
1: So it, it's, it's crazy. Um, Yeah. So, you know, obviously we, we have other things to talk about.
0: Well, but, this is uh, just the, yeah, this is the, this is the tip of the iceberg as far as that goes. I'm sure this will evolve and we'll see what other layers there are to it. And maybe we'll see some sort of, uh, you know, retraction or amendment or something, or maybe our friends that are deeper into the media world than we are these days, certainly myself, uh can uh, follow that up and see if they can get them to 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 make up for that because I don't, I got to think that that's not just going to go uh go to bed quietly but in any event in bright news we uh you know the islanders start the second half with uh, a a victory the offense woke up a little bit um myself and others had some complaints early in the game prior to the game wondering why Barubi was playing and all of these other other factors that were mentioned uh, on Twitter and elsewhere, but in the end, uh you come away with a victory, you start off on the right foot for a team that's a little bit short handed still right now. I think that you have to do that pretty well. yeah
1: and 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 Capuano made a very interesting statement that uh you know they're gonna go with three goalies, which is very interesting, especially when a three headed monster didn't exactly work in the past. I think what he means is uh somehow you know having one of them sit or revolve ever so often. And uh, I don't understand why some fans somehow think that the Islanders are entertaining uh, trading Grice. Uh, that's just not happening. That That is one of their best signings they have made. And one of the most offsetting factors to their um, offensive and possession woes this season is Grice's emergence as being um, part of a tandem. So um, I guess they're just going to keep him, I guess – you know what I've heard is that Halak has some back issues, and that's what is uh, pressing in uh, with injury from time to time. I haven't heard anything different from from that, so I'm going to keep with it until I hear different. Um, and you know, maybe they're a little bit fearful. On that note, uh, obviously, when Halak went down to injury early on, is when they picked him up off waivers. So. Um, looks like they really would like to uh, keep him. Um, They also noticed, if you noticed, uh, Grice hasn't looked as good as he's looked. The more he's been playing, it's it's a lot of work on his part to get used to. And, uh, you know, so I can understand. uh, I expect him to be, you know, basically sitting and then used, you know, in, in case of, to to me that's what it looks like or when the, you know this this is a uh, a tough month ahead of lots of games um so um i i can see them wanting assurance uh some insurance but uh, i don't think they're necessarily going to do a three goalie tandem i think it's going to be a two tandem and with uh you know with uh an emergency break glass kind of guy sitting for that yeah,
0: well, you know, that, that, that three headed monster, if, if it ever does work, doesn't seem to work forever or for any sustained period of time. But uh, I know some people, and uh, I, I kind of hinted at this yesterday too. Um, uh, we're looking at you know the logic or the perceived logic behind Jack's you know move there. Um, I'm always <laughs> looking at that glass as being half empty, of course, but uh, you know. I guess some of the logic, perhaps, again, maybe there's an injury that they don't want to speak to right now or whatever you mentioned, Halak's back, or whatever the case may be. But before that was even whispered, um, you know, there was talk of we've they've had a long layoff, right? The top two goalies haven't played in a while. Perubi's up in the minors. He's a little bit – he's had more work recently. Uh, so he goes yesterday. Um, but the problem with that is if you're going to go back to one of the other two guys on Thursday, and, yeah, they have, um, you know, three games in four days coming up, so you're probably going to use at least two of them. Uh, those guys are even more stale now. They haven't played in, for an even longer period of time. And yeah, all is right with the world after one game goes by and they got a win. And you know, Barudi turned away forty shots, uh, including uh, an opening goal that was a little on the soft side. But we'll leave that alone for now. <laughs> um, but you know, now he won. So what do you do? do? Do you go back to him again at Washington? For the love of God, uh, I go back. Do you go back? To, do, you go back to, do you go to the other guys? But if you go with him. You know, there's that problem again. Your other guys are sitting there cold for an even longer period of time. They're going to get an opportunity. At least one of them will over the weekend at Detroit or at home against Edmonton. But, um, you know, you ride the hot hand already. Now, let's say the kid gets in there and gets blown out of the water uh, tomorrow night. That, hopefully, that doesn't happen. You know, that, I I always feel like the three goalie rotation opens up a lot more in terms of problems than it does as far as the benefit goes. It's really hard to keep. It's hard enough to keep two guys fresh, and 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 hot. Uh, it's really hard to keep three goalies going at the top of their game at the same time.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't think that. Uh, I, I really hope that Cappy didn't mean a three goalie rotation, um, because that it's not going to be a very good rotation. Um, I would be surprised if uh, Berube plays um, versus the Caps. I would go, you know, you hope that the practices are enough to run with Halak and uh, Berube. Uh, Maybe they felt that Grice needed a little bit more of a rest. Maybe he tweaked something. You would never know at the Islanders. So you you, you just don't know. But um, we'll see what happens. But I would be surprised, you know, besides that soft goalie, there was a big, big, fat rebound that uh, he left that led to the other uh, goal um, that, uh, you know, uh, that – you know, you wish that Hickey was a little bit more aware of. I think that, you know, when you play that type of game, instincts take over. Hickey doesn't expect that kind of rebound from both his other goalies. Um, So I can't really just pin it on Hickey there. um, That You're going to get those kind of rebounds with uh, a a rookie like that. So, um, you know, there were basically, you know, the two out of, you know, two out of three goals, I think, uh, you know, were uh, certainly controllable. So that said, versus the Capitals, who's uh, a behemoth this year, and uh, if, uh, if you've been following me along on Facebook, I've warned. Uh, I expect the Capitals to, you know, they're they're a cup of bucks. They've been, you know, people act like the Capitals are just are doing all the right things now. Have forgotten about the years and years and years that they've not been knocked out of the first round well they're taking advantage now they've made a bunch of different moves they i expect them at the trade deadline to to load up on a rental and the rental cost is very high as i explained last week um the, the cost last year of a third line guy with ver, uh Vermeer or vermet uh, was um you know a fir- their first round pick and a v- pretty solid prospect and that's for a third for a third liner so you can guess what a top four defenseman or a top six winger is gonna cost. It is going to be steep, and the Islanders are not gonna be that team. They are not getting that rental. It's gonna be those teams that are cup-bust or, or so slammed against that cap they're gonna have to blow up the team. Tampa could be desperate enough to make the move if if they somehow their cap can can hold it. Chicago who made that trade last year, I don't, once again, they're really smashed against the cap. So I don't know, but you have LA, you have um, any team that has really been cup or bust. And even the Rangers could pull off a move because they're desperate because the, the, you know, the window is closing. And uh, while we get, get very eager and want that immediate gratification for the Islander to be that player, um, they you know, they're just not, not there yet. And they're, and I, I promise you, they are not eating a rental cost like that kind of trade. And I expect the cost to be much like last year right now.
0: So it's not going to be, um, Travis Hamanick and a marginal prospect along with the rights to, um, whatever remaining bobbleheads we have left in storage <laughs> from the Milbury era for the top line winger that everybody wants. Is
1: that what you're saying? Yeah, you know it it, it the the Hamannick, I I know that the 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 um Canadian hockey guys whether it's LeBron or uh, McKenzie and uh, they keep on bringing up um the Oilers um until the Oilers include a defenseman and I don't mean Schultz he's garbage um a defenseman like Clefbaum or uh, or um uh, Nurse Hamannik's not going anywhere because no one's going to make the uh, make the trade. The Islanders, because they're in season, are in a bind. They cannot let Hamannik go without replacing him.
0: You can't Dude, just act that,
1: like oh, pull up can go and play. Yeah, uh, we,
0: we said that months ago. We we were ahead yeah. of that months ago, and that was just yep. you know that was you knowing, you knowing what you know, and that was me uh, you know opining the 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 logical in my opinion. And I think that's when we got a little bit of run in the Edmonton paper even. Uh, for stating what we thought was the obvious there, as
1: far as the Oilers go. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's exactly right. We were uh, cited in the Edmonton Journal, and we, I even went back and forth over the weekend uh, again with uh, the the Edmonton Press, um, because the rumors really seem to be shooting out of Edmonton, and you know, like why can't they take, uh, you know, their their forwards? You know, there's a reason those forwards are for sale. Everybody acts like, you know, I've been hearing this from, from Islander fans with Hartnell over in uh, Columbus. Columbus wants to get rid of Hartnell because they don't like his contract. Why would the Islanders pick him up? And that's the big thing. Do, you know, people, the names that you're seeing in the rumors and that are being pushed are players that the other teams are willing and wanting and deliberately leaking out so they can create a market for those players and those players are not going to make the trade for Hammonick. It must be a top-four dispenseman. And that is why the most likelihood is that Hammonick does not get dealt this season because the Islanders can't do it. And if you wait until the draft in the offseason, then the Islanders can do a forward for Hammonick and then fill the role in other ways. But right now in the season, it's, it doesn't, it's not going to happen. And it, it, it would, it, you know, the probability is really low. There was an auction, and if you followed along with me, I, I talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it together. We, we, if you followed me on Twitter, I talked about each of the steps of the way, and, and we saw a lot of the rumors. And then I let everybody know on Thanksgiving and that, that that auction died. You know, Garth tried to have an auction, see who would bite. Would anybody be willing to pull the trigger? Well, everybody backed off the cost. And it's been like that since. And all the talking that you're seeing and the rumors are not coming from the Islanders. They're coming from other teams trying to push and make a market Whether they're trying to move their player using the Hammonick availability to get another team to probably come in. Because I will tell you that no forward save, you know, McDavid, is is it would make that the Islanders are not going to make a trade and leave a gap with the team. Garth is a player's GM. He wouldn't do that to the team as a former player. They're in the hunt. You can say that they have weaknesses. You can say that there's a flawed team this year, and we're not sure which Islanders it is. But until they win, lose seven or ten in a row, they will not be sellers. And they're not going to pull the trigger and leave a gap. It's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, I know that not everybody's going to agree with the philosophy, and that's fine. I'm just telling you what it is. You know, it, and, and, and that's, you know, it's going to be, trade deadline is not going to be a happy time if you have a wish list and you are not kind of listening and on and understanding.
0: Hey, listen! If you're like me and you're a Mets fan, on top of being an Islanders fan, you got Cespedes back, so that's that's our one uh, pot of gold for the year. That that ended all hope for me for the trade deadline for this year. But no, in all seriousness, I I feel like we spend so much time putting out fires uh, on this show, and, and just as Islander fans in general, but and uh, or, or if not spring, buy your favorite fire retardant substance all over something that maybe hasn't sparked just yet. But to be. Uh, <laughs> To go to the rare side of my personality and be positive for a little bit, um speaking of Travis Hammonick, I gotta give him credit uh through all of this uh you know and there was uh, um, uh some injury to deal with as well uh for a bit there, but through all of this, I haven't seen any sort of uh perceivable lapse in effort. I thought he had a good game last night. Uh, I thought he scored for a minute there, but apparently that was Andrews Lee's, which is also good news. Um, yeah, it's very good news. And, you know, and that's a positive. Uh, another positive from, from last night was, you know, the fact that uh, John Tavares had a two point game. And I felt like he played pretty well overall outside outside of the first period. Uh, maybe still shaking off some of that all star rust, which I witnessed firsthand in 2011. And Raleigh comes from a little bit of partying on the boys' parts. But um, uh, I thought he had a good game overall. I thought he could have easily had three or four points. Um, so hopefully that'll be a step in the right direction. I thought Kyle Oposo had a really good game. Um, and again, to mention Andrews Lee one more time, I know he, you know, got a tip in front there. But however they come, uh, if he starts scoring, like I said in, on Twitter, you know, to me, boom, there goes the offense. Uh, there's a guy uh, that, that uh, you know, starts contributing the way that we think that he can and the Islanders think that he can. That's a major key to uh, scoring some more goals. And now, you know, another positive with, uh, you know, the the return of uh, the Johnny Boychecks uh, uh, upcoming um, you know, things should stabilize just a little bit and uh, hopefully we'll continue to remain positive. On the flip side, um, I, I can't, I, friggin' Nino Niederreiter, of course, has to jump in a couple of <laughs> points because you just know that's going to happen and you know people are going to make more of that than it really is. I mean, I said last night it's never easy. A three-goal lead quickly becomes a two-goal lead and then you never know what's going to happen. And it's always Nino because, of course, it is. Uh, you kind of just felt that one coming um, but hey, a, a two-goal, a, a win by two goals is something you can always go to bed happy about. Last night, I didn't even get to see the last couple minutes because my frigging uh, new NHL TV uh, through my Roku froze, and I don't quite know why. But I'll take that up with somebody else. Outside of that, there's a positive, and I'm going to choose to look at it that way for now.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and and the bottom line is, it it it, it the, just Strome and Anders Lee in the second half coming back and getting to at least their level of last year should be enough to uh improve um you know I I did some number crunching and uh you know some you know uh I still need to write out a blog but um you know when I do the numbers despite the season I still see them as a playoff team between 98 and 102 points and I think they're going to be somewhere between 3 and 6 in, in the somewhere in the playoffs, they are not a top two team. I think that's been clear. Um, whatever the, however last season started and that run that they did, they're not that team that said, um, the only way to go is up. They are in the hunt. They're right smack dab in the middle of it. Um, players are getting healthy again. You know, they did last night's game without Boychuk. um, and, you know, they're going to get better. Ryan Strom has been performing since played, uh, been playing with Grabowski. And I'm still having some debates with people, with fans that are still stuck on Grabowski's stats. Grabowski is the guy that keeps the possession in the offensive zone. It, his play requires other players to be um, tallying, you know, even though he was able to score last night. Um, he's that type of player. So when Strom was placed with Grabowski, lo and behold, they're both doing well together. And you want to see more of it. Strom is actually climbing and, uh, you know, raising his game. It would be even before the second half. Um, Anders Lee is really the key because the lack of goals is really killing them right now. And he needs to be scoring the type of thing where he can throw himself in front of the net and and do a deflection um that seems to be a little bit part of his game and oh, the yeah. more he, he does it yep and also is to be they what they've done the, and i noticed it and and even jt before the playoffs i'm uh, not the playoffs before the all-star game um those um those uh give me one second oh, those couple games right before the break they were starting to play better and the possession game is starting to look better. Like I said a couple of weeks now, what you want to see is not the fact – we're all aware that it's not they're not playing the same possession as last year. But that's not what's important. What's important is is where it's trending. Is it going down? Is it static? No and no. It is moving up. And that's what you want. And what was most concerning about those injuries with Hamannick and Boychuk is if possession dropped. And luckily, during that time, they did pretty even, and that possession has not dropped. And that's really important because they can build off that. It's a primarily young team, and they feed off that. So, you know, if the possession keeps on rising, they're going to get these scoring chances, they're going to take advantage, and they're going to be able to, to win these games more often than not. And that's why, you know, yeah as much as people have been fearful of them dropping out of the playoff race because it's so tight um they're right in the thick of it and they should continue to be so as long as you know and you know, as long as that's happening all things are good you want them competing in every game even if they lose i know that the, we've reached the point uh, especially uh in their you know their loss uh you know one loss versus detroit and people were acting like the islanders had lost three games you know, there seems to be an exaggeration, and I think it has to do with the, the you know, and your mark doesn't help, um, <laughs> the, the, the the severe adjustment that we're all going through in different ways, shapes and form. And I think that, uh, you know, and I, you know, the I, I know that some fans have been a little bit, uh, a little bit peeved at me because I've kind of been a little bit more even keeled and if not kind of making fun of it. But that's my way of kind of getting through it it's a big adjustment for me too. You know, I, I moved out East. I moved to Suffolk from Nassau County. Um, I have a family and kids and now I work in Suffolk County. I don't even think I'm going to get to Barclays until God knows when. And, and I can go into the press box and watch a game, but I don't know how I'm going to swing it. That's a big adjustment for me. It doesn't really change what I do, but it really is an adjustment as a fan. You know, I'm going through that too and you know there's definitely everybody's going through their adjustment in different ways um I, I try to trend and kind of pick apart when we all get negative unnecessarily because as we've noticed so far despite all these drops and bumps and and adjustments we're, we're, we're doing okay and, and that's the important part to take from it and the, the only way is to go is up strom is doing better andrews lee should be better As long as everybody is healthy, Boychuk will be back. Letty is playing a little bit better. DeHaan has been very underrated. Um, Of course, he's not been very offensive. But defensively, he's been very strong this season. And I don't know if that's really been appreciated. Um, He was even, you know, used on the first line, uh, the first pair uh, for a spot and did fine. So, you know, Hammonick has been pinching in. You know, everybody, you know, we we know where the weak points are. We all know where the brine straights are and uh, where the rookies make mistakes. We saw a couple mistakes from Mayfield last night. It's the only way he's going to get some experience. We still don't know uh, why Pellick might be out for the year, uh, according to, you know, Arthur staple uh, alluded to what he was hearing uh, there's no announcement and and unfortunately as much as I tried to get any kind of inkling um, I was basically told to just wait um, unfortunately we're not gonna know hopefully it's just you know for the season whatever it is uh, or, or hopefully it's wrong um, but you know that the, there are some weak points there are some some issues but I think that we can be a little bit positive And be a little bit optimistic, rightly, despite, you know, Barkley's douchiness, Um, despite, um, you know, inherent weaknesses when players are out that we still see Brian Strait on the ice, Um, despite that we might have this expectation towards the trade deadline that, you know, some sort of magic pill will happen. And, And the probability is unless... Garth can do a player-for-player player deal, and that's very difficult with salary. The salaries have to be the same. The Islanders really only have, you know, so much before they're smashed, hitting the cap. It's closer than you think. And other teams have the same issues. So it's going to be very tricky, and I don't expect to be a very active trade deadline except for maybe a depth move. And uh, that might disappoint a lot of people hoping for, you know, all these solutions. I think what what's going to happen is no matter what happens this season And I've talked about this last week Because I saw some people saying that Oh, Garth's on the line He's not Garth is not going anywhere No matter what the team The team can go into a 20-20 loss streak New ownership is already tied in They are already making decisions all together Garth is They're on board with Garth Snow And right now Per what I hear Even Capuano right now is safe Um, you know, take, you know, 10 to 7 7 to 10 game losing streak that all chips, uh, you know, all all bets are off on that. But the fact is, they're competing and they're going to be in there. So, you know, let's, uh, let's see what happens.
0: You mentioned a few things there that I wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah, sorry, is, I went off on
1: a it, rant there. It, it happens. Let's see if I can
0: hit all my points. But uh, you mentioned first of all, you mentioned a magic pill. I took a magic pill once, got me into nothing but trouble. But that's uh, that's a story for a different podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it, you, did you mentioned did you take uh, a blue pill. <laughs> I think I took them both. But <laughs> you mentioned where where Brian Strait was. You know where Brian Strait was last night. He was taking pictures with fans in the crowd, and I thought it was great. <laughs> I, uh, I thought that was a positive. To go back to positives, uh, a positive for him is that they didn't, uh, you know, whack him while he was <laughs> while he was uh, hanging out with the common folk. Uh, you, you mentioned Calvin DeHans play, and I was actually just kind of peeking at the stats as I want to do when you're talking a bit sometimes to see what I can pick up on. it. I didn't realize, and no problem admit, admitting it, that he's, uh, you know, he's a plus eleven on the year, which is tops on the team, and that's pretty impressive for a guy that's logging more than twenty minutes a game. Uh, Maybe a little bit more than people expected to play at this point. That's huge, especially when you consider, you know, the injuries that have been suffered to key players on defense. And, you know, that's a reason for the uptick in in time on ice. But um, to to play as responsibly as he has and to make the impact that he has is great. Uh, As far as your Barclays Center uh, debut, I assume that – you haven't ruled out an appearance this year. And uh, I think you should consider um, an April 4th, Monday night home game, because uh, I just found out recently that most likely I'm going to be up there for business. So uh, why not take any game while I'm on the company dime? Of course, I just said that over the airwaves. And if anybody that I work with is listening to that, I'm uh, kidding, but Hey, we'll, uh, we'll address that later as well. Um, But you know, uh, all of that, it's it's good stuff. Some of it tongue in cheek, but it, not everything is crazy. Today's is uh, how we kick things off with that quote from your mark. Is gonna people are gonna. Some people probably only listen in for the first little bit. Who knows? Hopefully that's not all they took out of this. I think we've been doing a good job of trying to not be as uh, uh, nutty as uh, Islander fans tend to be for good reasons. Sometimes um, myself, I'm kind of bipolar about it. Last night I went from derping andoing to. Uh, making fun of the offense to throwing out praise here and there. But I think that's how the game went. You know, you also mentioned uh, adjustments that this season is a big adjustment for all of us. And uh, one of the things I criticize Capuano on all the time is his inability or his perceived inability, in my opinion, to adjust mid game. Last night's a good example that maybe, and you got to give the team credit too, but uh, that first period, you know, 20 goals or uh, 20 goals, 20 shots against in the first period, not the way you want to see things um, you know, uh, begin right after the all-star break, a softie on the part of the goaltender that, you know, no offense to the kid, uh, but nobody wanted to see Barubi starting the first game after the all-star break. And he let up a soft one while the do, while the team allowed 20 shots in the first period. But then the idols come back in the second and uh, limit that to eight. They take the lead. They take control of the game. Uh, a little bit of an uptick in the third period in terms of shots allowed, but that's going to happen when you have a three-goal lead for a decent amount of time. Uh, and I thought last night was a good a, a game where you can look and say that they, they did make some good adjustments. So some positives there again. I didn't think I'd be going the positive direction in this one the way we started, but uh, there you go. I can make adjustments too. And since we have five <laughs> minutes left, we can make a little bit of an adjustment and uh, close on another positive story from the weekend, which is the uh, the <laughs> what will forever go down as uh, John Scott, Moments at the at NHL All Star Weekend. What were your quick thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it was such a beautiful thing to to see. Um, this storybook, you know. I know that Puck Daddy, uh, our, our friend Wish Disky, has been really kind of behind that John uh, Scott uh, for for the All Star Game, and also taking some heat from the NHL as I hear it uh, for it. But you know what? It was a beautiful thing, and this is what, you know, the NHL tries to do behind the scenes is try to control everything and not let, um, you know, the fans speak while they've left the fans speaking uh, as an item for a long time. So this is, you know, uh, you know, I don't understand really if you've been okay with it for thus far, you might as well go all the way because quite frankly John Scott is the only reason that people were watching that All-Star game and I've seen that all, and listened to that All-Star game be mentioned on many shows and radio programs and TV that would not give two shits about the All-Star ever, game. ever. and I I've, I've listened to it on Bill Burr's podcast um the, the bonfire which is on Comedy Central XM everybody has been mentioning um Opie from uh Opie and Jimmy, which used to be Opie and Anthony. Uh Opie who actually is an Islander fan, but I haven't been able to get him for any kind of interview. Um uh Mike uh,
0: and Mike on ESPN made a made a mention or
1: two uh, yeah. that I that I saw on this Twitter and heard is, of.
0: John Scott
1: was a big deal and because the fans made it so. And because look, if you look at how the new NHL has really driven out it's uh, something that the, that the NHL brass and Gary Bettman has really put forth is that these type of players like John Scott, Scott have been kind of driven out of the game. And the fact that, one, it is no easy feat to still be around. And that has to be really respected because we've seen a lot of players go since they've been making adjustments to the game. And, you know, and it's so I feel that he's, you know, it's something to really rally around that uh, a respect of that type of player, that lunch pail, do whatever you can to play a game that is a beautiful and wonderful game. And, and, and that the all-star, uh, you know, game, especially for other players telling him to, you know, to play, Gives you a sense of that the NHL players knew what this is about. John Scott knew what this is about. The fans know what this is about. The NHL didn't. And when it comes down to it, they hopefully were shown why, because the ratings were through the roof.
0: Yeah, that, that's a fantastic residual for everyone to look back on. But I think you really hit the nail on the head when you when you you know have have emphasized the importance of why. You know it it, yeah, okay, the product was a bit better, too, but nobody was really interested until this John Scott story came about. Now, I have to ask you, uh, did you cry at any point during the weekend? No. uh no, but um <laughs> uh,
1: would you, but I, I didn't want to make out of
0: that of that <laughs> lack of emotion,
1: sir, would they damn it. <laughs> it it was a beautiful thing, but with two kids running around and driving me crazy, it's very hard to uh. To, to as much as you really, you know, the, the story and and the the, the items tug the heart. Uh one thing I did want to talk about is um uh having come from art school, my roommate at college is the guy who designed those jerseys. Hey, all right. So um and uh found uh um you know, working for the NHL ain't so easy. <laughs> so to do oh, it with them for these plannings you know people who don't like the jerseys um i i get a little insight to the process it's not that easy because sometimes what they want to do and what they're told to do are two different things but well um, how do they
0: uh how do, how do they explain the uh the highlighters that they had on some of the ones from years past then i mean geez louise i thought uh i thought that uh there's been some really uh some real eyesores out there in the last yeah, of no years. no no he,
1: he he also designed the ones for the the outdoor games this year. He's a very good designer uh, I'm i good. i i would know i've seen him go through the graphic design process and uh to see him doing these and be the guy one it's a small world, but two it's good to see um he's a really good designer um so Oh, we're down
0: to it, folks. Well, well, before we before we wrap, I wanted to throw another point out there about John Scott. Listen, if we can get him into the NHL All Star Game by the power of the vote, can we get this guy in as president by chance? I mean, <laughs> I think we're in need of a of a dark horse candidate. You know, I don't want to open up the the floodgates and get this all uh, politicky uh, by any means. But hey, we could do worse, right?
1: Yeah, we actually could. <laughs> We could and we uh, may. <laughs> we 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 could have Brian Strait as president. Oh boy. Well,
0: you know, I've always enjoyed Canada and I hate when people threaten make that threat and don't follow through on it. But uh, this is I think it's a safe <laughs> enough bet. I think it's a safe enough bet in this case to say that if Brian Strait were
1: president, I'd move to Canada. So I'm will throw that out there and I can commit to that. Yep. And the big question is can an analytical mo- nightmare be president of the United States? And that, on that note, folks. We will end the show until next week. We will talk about the games and everything else that goes on. So, and and uh, a quick note: I know that uh, I know that if we don't hit the end episode, it just keeps going despite the lady warning us the time is running out. So we'll just go yeah, over thanks. for a moment. But I would like to thank the fans. We have quadrupled our number since starting um, last summer for each episode. And I really, really, and I've gotten really good feedback from people. And I, we really, really do appreciate it. And we hope you guys keep listening in. We'll bring in more guests. You know, right now, it, it kind of helps, uh, especially after the break, for us to kind of, uh, you know, ramp and rant and go off. But we'll have lots of other guests and, uh, and, and all sorts of stuff. But we really appreciate everybody listening. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you much, you. folks. And we'll start at any moment now. No, we won't. <laughs> there we go.